Well, oh my gosh, what is that? Anakin. That's Anakin. Oh, archive series Anakin from uh, Star Wars The Black Series. That's a great looking figure. Got a little uh, Zith head in there somewhere. There it is. With red eyes. I kind of wish that they had adopted the face print thing much earlier because my original Anakin would have benefited from that. It's a a nice job, yeah. I wonder (sighs) why we would show that tonight. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> what's going on everybody it's uh it's us we're back it's uh what part are we on tonight part five, five. of uh the ahsoka tano possible eight five of a possible eight well maybe they'll scare us with an extra one or something or they'll it'll be like twice as long maybe. or it's, o- it's over now it's <laughs> <laughs> all you get if it ended right now like that this Can't week's episode that. could yeah really best episode ever um, and I say that with all sincerity, uh, of all of the stuff that we've been doing over the last, oh, I would say this is, this episode sparked more, more internal conversation than anything we've talked about since probably season one of the Bad Batch. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, we, and we talk about this stuff a lot between the three of us before we ever go to air. But this, as I was just saying to Hank before we went to air, the exchanges that we had this week. Had we have had those in a public forum where people could comment, <laughs> it would have just gone to pot. It would have been like Maybe. the community episode where there's a blanket fort and a pillow fort. Seriously. <laughs> it would have been a war, soft war. We'd have been, I'd have been Bart Simpson going, if you walk into this. <laughs> oh, but it was so much fun. And I'm, mm. I, I, I took away quite a bit of the stuff. Uh, from that exchange that we had this week, and it was it was absolutely wonderful. It couldn't have asked for uh, better people to to have that with. And I think it's important when we when we look at this stuff that you do talk about it with your like minded friends because it makes the experience <laughs> so much more fun. Did you see what I saw? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I mean, and who would have thought that like there's that much room for interpretation? You know, like yeah. It, and like the, where we landed and we'll get there organically, but where we landed, the fact that it's, it's, it could be left up to that. It could be crafted that way. Yes. Be left up is, is just amazing. I definitely felt like this was the most, and I've said this word a lot this week, romantic. And I don't mean romance in the love sense, but yeah, yeah. romantic from <clears throat> we as the viewers tend to romanticize these properties that we love so much and we we want to like we really want things to be the, the way that we want them to be and this episode leaves so much open to that romanticizing that no matter what you came up with about the thing and we will get to the thing in a way they're all right yeah <laughs> every one of them is right there is enough ambiguity i think that no matter where you land you're not yeah. wrong yeah and yeah yeah exactly it's amazing to me that that there's something that we can watch and listen to and, and analyze and still have things that are that tactile be so open to interpretation. It's actually brilliant. 
Yeah. And, and not in the way that I thought last week's episode was brilliant when I thought that we were being intentionally trolled with the, with the, Merrick with the Merrick thing. thing. Yeah. You know, as, as easily as you can say, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) as easily as you could, you could apply that label to this week's episode. I didn't see it as being trolling. I just, it was was the wrong term. Yeah. Carefully crafted. I think I said in our private chat, I said carefully crafted ambiguity, which I absolutely love. Like when I say best episode ever, I think I mean yet so far. Star yet. Wars, yeah. Star Wars. It, like there's an the argument to be made. Like I'm like, I'm so invested now. Like I, I, I was championing the show before it might, was the one I was looking forward to the most. And I really yeah. didn't know whether I was going to, get that rebels level hank is uh, to ahsoka as well is to andor yeah and <laughs> and i'm like i'm i can't believe they've gone this deep in, in rebel season five it's crazy they're, good all of the jokes that we made about rebel season five are all either they're not they're not funny anymore it's, no. it, it's literally <laughs> you know it's a no. oh and i totally turned that off and i'll say this later big time i'll stand up nailed and it, it. It can be both. <laughs> it can be. It can be. I saw something going around on the internet this week, though. Sure. Uh, that basically echoes what we've been saying for quite a while now. And what? Uh, Mandalorian that? is great. Boba Fett is great. Yeah. Andor is great. Oh, I Adobe saw something like great. that. Yeah, I saw something Ahsoka very much like that. Ahsoka is great. Yeah. It is a golden age. It is. It yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an amazing time to be a Star Wars there fan There was right a time now. when you didn't know if you were going to get any more. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, 11 episodes, uh, sorry, 11 lightsabers in the first five episodes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sarah's joining us tonight, says it's the very best lightsaber action in Star Wars magic. That's a great way of putting it. Uh, since Revenge of the Sith, a beautiful episode. And I highly concur. Agreed. Now, um, I feel like this is going to be one of the, the ones we're going to be pretty talky on this one, but I, I want to get things rolling. And the first thing I want to I want to uh, put out there. Let me just switch this over here. Did I do it right? No, there it is. And I just want to start by saying, hey, everybody, (laughs) we've talked about doing this for a while now. We really put our heads to it. And uh, why am I in the wrong? I'm in the wrong view. There we go. Now I'm in the right view. There you go. Um, That's right. We've decided we are definitely going to do a live streaming watch party. Now, you are going to need your own Disney Plus account uh, to follow along with us. But we will be here right here live as the show is on, um, I, I have two monitors here in the studio, so I'll be watching, Andy and I will be watching the show on on one monitor, and we will be live here on StreamYard, on the Fandom Power Show at the same time, and we will be reacting with all of you who choose to join us. Hopefully you're not busy that night and you want to come hang out with us live, <laughs> um, and we'll get some of the stuff that we normally do on a Sunday night. We'll get it in right as the show is happening and immediately afterwards. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you guys will uh, come and join us. <sighs> and that won't right. preclude a, a big a deep dive either will it not necessarily we'll still do our regular sunday night yeah. thing but i mean being able to have those conversations in real time about that did you see that what do you think of that mm-hmm. i think is going to be a lot of fun because we won't have the time to chew on it the same way that we would mm-hmm. privately over the course of a week as we I'm, craft our I'm episode i'm going to do what i normally do which is run it concurrently on my phone so i can stop yeah. and rewind things in real oh time yeah of course, of course stopping the flow of the show <laughs> yeah 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 that's no problem 
That's no problem. And what we'll do is we'll come up, um, uh, we'll be online uh, probably a few minutes before. Um, we'll have more details as it comes out and we'll throw up a countdown timer uh, for everybody who's who's taking part in the watch party. Press so play. we all press play at the same <laughs> time. Refresh your app and then press play. <laughs> I sat funny. there for five minutes the first night. <laughs> what's going on? I don't know what's happening. I'm waiting for the thing to show up. Oh yeah, refresh. <laughs> uh, all right, so that is uh, live Tuesday, October 23rd. Uh, sorry, Tuesday, October 3rd of 2023. Yeah, um, we'll be hit live here at uh, 9, well, just before 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, 6 p.m. Pacific. Hope you'll be there. All right, well, let's get to uh, let's get to the getting and let's, uh, what am I doing here? Did I just get, <sighs> I went out of order. The whole freaking system's out of order. The whole wow. thing is out of order. You're wow. not Rex kidding. What is going on? on? It's, it's finished. <laughs> I'm missing, I kid you not, folks, I am literally missing two slides. One moment, please, while I try to find those. Yeah, yeah, it's important. Yeah. i got to find those. I don't know what the heck happened there. Well, in the meantime. So if you haven't seen stop. the episode, uh, Anakin comes back, and it uh, turns out him and Ahsoka are married, <laughs> and they've got twins. And the twins are Luke and Leia. It's like they're their own grandparents. It's a very strange sort of situation. Uh, uh, it's kind of like but, Futurama. Uh, it's, it's oh, is there really? Like, yeah. Especially the middle third, where it's it's all just computer animated it's a very strange episode i'll say it's a strange episode <sighs> and that it was nice to uh, see S sebastian shaw back though as Anakin skywalker he looks <laughs> great for 102 <laughs> oh man this just puts everything right out of order i don't even know how i managed to do that i guess when we were talking today i uh completely uh pooched it here so let me just throw this in here i'm gonna put it in as a full over oh gosh we haven't done this in a while there you go there it is found it <laughs> you think i use this enough please stand yeah, by oh, does he want to do my thing now here we go yeah we'll get there all right well listen before we get to the, the we still got the, a the cage breakdown we do we gotta hit the old uh hang on a second here we'll get to it bad star wars jokes nice there we go hey guys uh did you hear did you hear that Imperial uh, fighter pilots are uh, starting to get fed up with uh, dogfighting? I did not. No. Yeah, man. They always end up in a tie. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. That is awful. That's awful. I feel like apologizing for that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get to it this week. Uh, it is. Hang on a second now. What am I doing here? Oh, I did. I went too far. Oh no, I didn't miss a thing. Uh -huh. I, psyched, I psyched myself out and thought I missed something, but I actually didn't. Oh, it can All be right. both. Let's talk about <laughs> this week's uh this week's episode. It's called uh um yeah, the title. It's uh, Shadow, Shadow Warrior. Shadow Warrior. Now, uh, each week I've been trying to dive on the title a little bit, and uh this week, uh no different. Come up with some interesting things for us to chew on here. Shadow Warrior. In uh, in ancient uh, Japan, a shadow warrior, also referred to as a kagamusha, hmm. was a term that originated in the uh, Sengoku period. That's the Warring States period of Japan between 1467 and 1574, and is used to denote a political decoy. Hmm. Warlords of the period would make soldiers and family members and even peasants that looked like them dress up as the warlord to fool their enemies. Hmm. However, today in modern Japanese culture, 
It is generally used to designate someone who gives instruction to others while not showing themselves in public. Hmm. Well, what does that sound like? The Illuminati. <laughs> I was thinking this sounds exactly like Anakin showed up to give instruction without revealing himself. True. I thought that's pretty cool. Now, the other thing, the other thing, and this is also very cool, and this is like the people who are making this stuff, and this is one of Dave Filoni's episodes that he's written, so you know there's some influence. There's a nod to the maker in here. Mm-hmm. Kagemusha was a 1980 uh, uh, Akira Kurosawa film, both of which uh, Francis Ford Coppola and George Lucas are credited as executive producers in the international versions. Nice. So there you go. That's our title this week. That's uh, Shadow Warrior. There's also a long-running uh, video game series. I did uh, get a lot of that. Yeah. I never, I didn't play it. There's, any a, of them, there's so. a, a historic. Um, I can't recall the, the woman's name, but a historic woman uh, ran a spy ring of ninjas in Japan at this time, and it's kind of up in the air whether it was legit history or whether it was rumors and hearsay because of the nature of the position. But uh, it could cool. also be referring to Ahsoka's time spent as, you know, a rebel spy. That's interesting. All right. Well, this week's episode, it is called Shadow Warrior. Uh, it originally aired on uh, Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. This one is uh, written by Dave Filoni. It is directed by Dave Filoni. It has an advertised runtime of 52 minutes, making it the longest episode of the series so far or an actual uh, 44 minutes and two seconds without titles or credits. And our episode synopsis this week reads, Ahsoka confronts her past while Hera and her allies undertake a rescue mission. All right, our episode opens. Uh, hang on a second here. There we go. Our episode opens uh, on CTOS with several establishing shots of the Henge. Uh, first, we pan through the Red Forest before a top-down panning shot of the coastline that finally settles on the Henge itself. Three X-Wing fighters fly overhead as Hera debarks the ghost. With her pistol drawn, she scours the Henge for signs of the enemy. The Henge is empty. A close-up of the star map shows it cleaved cleanly in half, revealing a complex clockwork mechanism inside. Speaking with Captain Teva, he confirms that after an aerial sweep of the area, there are there is nothing on his scopes. And the absence of the enemy has Hera worried. And with the immediate area secure, Hera's young son, Jason, and their droid chopper exit the ghost and begin exploring the henge as well. At the sound of a tumbling rock, Hera signals for Jason to halt, and the boy takes cover behind his surly astromech companion. With her blaster at the ready, Hera circles around one of the large outer spires where she finds Huyang standing on the cliffside, staring down at Sabine's Mandalorian helmet held in his hands. With his photoreceptors half-closed, the ancient droid looks at Hera and tells her sorrowfully, I told them to stay together, but they never listen. They never listen. Then Jason and Chopper catch up, and the boy, now fixated on the open water beyond the cliffs, steps past his mother to look out seemingly focused on something that none of the others can see. Then we get this week's title card. <laughs> it's a cool, uh, I, I like that. Sorrowful, but... Uh... There's almost, I mean, with having virtually no, very little dialogue, there's an entire subplot just with Jason, which I quite, I think we yeah. all kind of liked. I love the analog nature of the map. 
inside the, the, the clock watch, the watch gears watch and i like that, that as well yeah how else do you convey old yeah. <laughs> right? at the same time though it kind of threw me a bit just because like it was a clean split yeah and i mean like, he shoved it you would have thought there'd be thought like a whole like board a indentation or something yeah i get that too or at least something melted together but yeah maybe, no, maybe i did something beskar-esque maybe. yeah really yeah. really all right, we cut back to the world between worlds where Ahsoka and Anakin Skywalker face each other on a pathway of blue energy. Ahsoka remarks that her master looks the same as she remembers him, but Anakin says that she looks older. Folding her arms, Ahsoka says, that's what happens, before stopping herself. Actually, what happened? Anakin tells her that she lost a fight, a fight that she can't seem to remember. Turning inward, she recalls, Balin's skull and Anakin remarks it's good that she is remembering now Anakin folds his arm behind his back and he begins to walk towards Ahsoka she asks him why and he tells her that it means that she has a chance when she questions a chance Anakin replies to live Ahsoka asks her master to tell her what's going on and he says that he's there to finish her training Ahsoka suggests that it's too late for that but Anakin just shakes his head as he walks past her. As he passes, Anakin makes eye contact with her and he says, One is never too old to learn, Snips. Ahsoka turns to face Anakin, now with his back towards her. Not sure what to make of everything, she utters, All right, what's the lesson, Master? Still with his back to Ahsoka, Anakin unfolds his arms, and with his cybernetic arm, he reaches across his body, taking up his lightsaber. Igniting the blue blade, he turns to face his apprentice, telling her, Live or die. We get a musical cue here, and it's a few notes of the song Battle of the Heroes. That's the piece of music that uh, was used in Revenge of the Sith when Obi-Wan fought Anakin on Mustafar. Mm -hmm. Sarah says, Anakin looks so much better in this episode. Uh, yeah, less Uncanny Valley, less... Uh, plastic i'm wondering if this was because he moved so much whether this is the archival footage technique um i don't know maybe again though I, you look at um i've got a shot uh, of anakin later on from his appearance as a force ghost in Re return of the jedi definitely there are certain things that they didn't they didn't remove like you can tell that he's older and i actually think he looks great <laughs> he just looks great yeah 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 Step straight into the Clone Wars. And certainly much, uh, uh, he's aged, obviously, uh, the my, as Hayden has aged. Also, if there's any question, like my, my first sort of argument for Ahsoka dying or this having been a near-death experience is the fact yeah. that that yeah. first uh, interaction they have where she he, she can't remember what happened. Yeah. And he's like, it's that's like the first test. Are, well, you, are you that? How dead are you? Yeah, yeah. You don't. And it also to... it also backs up the the line from the last episode. I didn't think I'd see you so. Soon. I didn't think I'd see you so soon. Yeah, yeah. that whole who got here first? <laughs> <laughs> How long has he been here? How long has she been here? How long has anybody been anywhere? She's Once you're there, there, you're always you're there. always there. I know it is so like <laughs> brain bending. All right, with her arms still behind her back, Ahsoka says, "I won't fight you." Taking a step forward, Anakin raises his blade as he says. I've heard that before. <laughs> Anybody want to talk about that now? I'm going to, I have a slide for it later on. Well, we know where we heard that before. Yeah. I mean, 
is it an ambiguous? I've heard that before. Like it just could have been anybody, or do we think that this is <laughs> on the nose? That's a reference to Luke Skywalker. I won't fight you, father. I think on the nose. On the nose. Because nobody I else has said that. to him, I won't fight you. Or within <laughs> your shot of him. That we've like Obi-Wan yes said yeah. in, in Revenge of the Sith, I won't kill I, him. He said I will but do what I must. Yeah, I don't want to have to kill him. Yeah, I, yeah you right. said give me the Emperor. I can't kill Anakin. I can't kill Anakin. I mean, even Luke says it to Yoda, I cannot fight him, then he's already won. So he, says true, it, yeah. so he says it to Obi-Wan. But yes, okay. I think it's on the nose, and I think nothing is nothing is by accident. <laughs> so this is this leads us to our first exchange early on. Uh I think this was uh Wednesday morning, uh after we had all seen the show, and I and I had said you know, b- building off of what we saw in the previous episode, are they really in the world between worlds? Yeah. And we all had, um, I mean, we all had an, it, we had, well, we had our initial answers, some of which changed and then changed again. Yeah. And then changed again. Yeah. And are still evolving. So yeah. um, <laughs> the answer for the three of us. Uh, as after, of this viewing. <laughs> yeah. As, after extensive polling between the three of us, um, Andy and I are in the firm. Yes, they are definitely in the world between worlds. Hank, I was going to put a maybe column in there, but you said, can we do a Bendu thing? Like somewhere yeah, in the yeah. middle? So Hank is like, in the Bendu. I feel like it's more like that than maybe. Like, I don't think I'm wishy-washy about it, but I think that it can be both things. Um, yeah, I, I, and I, I don't, I don't want to get hung up on, it doesn't look like the cartoon because it's, but there are several differences, like maybe it's where they are in the world between worlds. That's different. Um, because it's probably infinite, um, no door in sight, not a single door in any direction. No. Um, but there are galaxies or, uh, star clusters, uh, all There's over an the entire place. star field in the background everywhere. Right, but there are like gr- there are like cl- gas cloud cl- clusters and stuff, and some of the yeah. roads seem to lead to those. So th- th- that could be our new doors, possibly. Could also be foreshadowing the the right, galaxy right. we're heading to. But I don't think that. I don't know if maybe it's the place. They, no, that's true. I, I agree with the uh, commenter there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Facebook uh, comment says uh, they don't need doors for what they're doing. No, that's almost no, too true. real. It's, it's almost too real. If they go through the door to what's about to happen, then yeah. they're actually yeah, physically yeah. there. Uh, so this is that's why I think it's more metaphorical. That's why I think maybe <laughs> the reason I say yes to both is because I think maybe they're physically there. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, maybe their astral forms, not a, not not force ghosts, but some sort of like mind projection is there, like but out of body experience, of what, right? And uh, maybe that's where you go when you have that. Uh, we, I we also talked. I'm sorry, this is so long. I know. We also talked ex- extensively about how I think we've been to the world between worlds many many times. Like I think by that's Dave Filoni's own words, right? Yeah. Like the Mothballs travel through there. That's right. Gets her, his lightsaber his first lightsaber there. crystal came Yoda from the world between worlds. Yeah, Kanan yeah. is there when he has his experience with the uh, the, the uh, Temple Guardian, right. uh, and, there, and Ahsoka is there when she has the experience with Anakin walking up and becoming Vader. Which I think this is a lot akin to. I so, think that the the Grand Inquisitor reappear, reappearing as a Temple Guardian is actually important, in, uh, contextually speaking, to what we're seeing here because. We argued uh, last week's uh, the episode previously was like, is that his force ghost? And we we're all like, that that's not his force ghost. No, no. 
and neither was the Grand Inquisitor when we saw right. him as a Temple Guardian. He did not look like a Force Ghost either. Oh, but look back in his Temple Ghost or yeah, Temple Guard form. Absolutely, he looked like a yeah. full, fully realized corporeal being. Yeah. Right. As did everything in that situation. So why should this be no different? That's kind of that's kind of where I am, and that's kind of why I'm saying, yes, they're in a physical place, but yeah, yes, it's happening in their head. <laughs> <laughs> always well, in the middle as i like to point out as i did earlier and I, I just want to reinforce that that you know there are a lot of theories that were floating around this week between the three of us as well as the greater star wars uh, fan community online and like i said the one thing that i if i took anything away is that we definitely like to romanticize these these theories and these concepts that we come up with because they just make us feel like we're a part of the, the thing that we love mm. and so no different i was like man this is the first instance of it doesn't even matter like yeah. the end result is exactly the same no matter what your sort of camp is here i just want to want to preface all of the theories because we're going to talk about a few of them before we get there if there's one thing i can say about this episode unequivocally is that this might be the most poetic piece of star wars that i've ever seen ne for me anyway never has the poetry been more clear and more apparent than it was right now when we talk about She's these two characters floating there like christ this is what i mean when we talk about these characters and sort of their transformation i mean anakin skywalker obviously became darth vader um ahsoka becomes ahsoka the white i mean it's literally it's so it's literally fire and water yeah. it's so poetic and born from the water death from the fire like. yes i mean her her near-death experience is this tranquil peaceful Whereas his is this violent, you know, like awful, horrendous. That that that's literally the death of Anakin Skywalker right there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But and I mean, the born again. It's crazy. The poetry crazy is so oh. so good in this one. It's like I, taking that little uh, the 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 famous little quip of George Lucas saying it's 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 it rhymes. It's in stanzas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like taking that and going, oh, I'll show you how to do that. Yeah. Probably. Really. <laughs> and this this so is the part good. That led me into my first theory, which by the way I have abandoned. But you know what? I did talk about it, so I'll, I'll briefly run through it. I thought if Ahsoka's near death experience was the access point to the world between worlds, I thought that the same could also be true of Anakin. And we talked about that the idea once you're there you're always there mm. that perhaps his access point was during his near-death experience on mustafar but if that's the case then it kind of pokes a hole the luke thing it, it pokes a hole in the you know being aware of his son and all of those other things so that it doesn't hold as yes much and no i suppose well just like ezra he could walk through that world between worlds for however long he needed to yeah and then go back and out look the same. through any door he wanted to yeah just seeing all just don't look through the one i won't fight you father yeah <laughs> well he could look through that one too as long as he didn't go through it that is true i feel like we've also had the sith having difficulty to access that and i feel like part of yeah. part of him becoming what he's about to become and we're gonna have that discussion too is is him him uh his love for Luke and his, his willingness to, to come back to save yes. his son. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that's kind of what cleanses the soul. And at this point, yeah, we might've gotten a full Vader inside the world between worlds. Yeah. As opposed to what we got, which was this very uh, fluidic shifting yeah. back and forth, which a balance. But I, cool, I don't, I think, and I think that's all for Ahsoka's benefit that that is the lesson. Yeah. Right. And I, 
and therefore a lot of it is in her head because it's her greatest fear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, that was my initial thought was that he was accessing the world between worlds from an earlier point in his life. Very cool. Which doesn't, Very cool. Which I again, I don't think it necessarily jives with the the level of self awareness that we see from him in the mm -hmm. Luke reference. The other couple things that are going on uh, that are sort of been kicked around is this is nothing. This is the most simplest one. It's just his force ghost. That's it. Nothing more. I've come back to finish your training. Yeah. So that's the, that's the, the first thing that would be your default. I would think that like, cause it, it didn't not occur to me. Is that a sentence? <laughs> mm -hmm. Like I thought about it for a for sure it is, yeah. And, uh, and I mean, I, and I had thought about it kind of more intensely because we hadn't had all this stuff packed on top of him just being yeah. there. Yep. Um, and there's yeah, so like, much about this scene that can inform what's going on. Like, uh, and I don't know if it's canon. I, I assume it's canon, but uh, the um, the novel uh, from a certain point of view, Return of the Jedi, uh, oh, the chapter. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I can't remember what the chapter is called anymore. Sorry, but it's um, Obi Wan pulls him into the Force Ghost realm. He doesn't know how to become a force ghost. He never trained in that ability. Anakin Skywalker. Anakin Skywalker. So no, we not, assume yeah. that, okay, he's the most powerful Jedi to ever wield the force. Maybe, maybe he could just intuitively do that when he dies. He was, sure. Maybe. But in, in the, and this is a pretty recent release too, like within the last year, I think maybe a year and a half. Um, Obi-Wan pulls him into that realm so that he can see Luke. And that's the only time anybody like Luke is the only one that can see him there too. Like, Nobody's, right, right. Leia can't see him. She's not looking over her shoulder. Like nobody can see. Like, well, nobody can see any thing. of them. But Luke. right, that's yeah. the other thing about yeah, like, yeah. like you know, if if, if Obi Wan wanted to walk around Tatooine, nobody would see him. But who he wanted to, I guess, like that that kind of you know action. But I know that Legends made it sort of this this notion that uh, a Jedi could bond with someone they were close to in life, and that's how they explained it in Legends. That's why Luke could see Obi Wan. I mean, right, the first Legends novel, arguably Heir to the Empire, Obi-Wan is his, his last... Last appearance. Greatest, la he, he can speak to Luke, but only through a dream. And Luke's yeah. like, but you're, you're physical just like you normally are. He's like, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm, nope. I'm very far away and getting further by the second. This is the last time I'll be able to do this. So there was like this cap on how long you could be a Force ghost, which is blown right, right out of the right. water by uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker yeah. because, you know, the voices are there. Absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah. The other thing that's going on here, and this this is sort of this one, I think, is interesting, is that everything that we are experiencing in the world between worlds is actually a manifestation of Ahsoka's subconscious as she lays there near death, floating in the water. So that's I think I'm super close to that camp, but I think because the force works in mysterious ways, I'm not absolutely committed to it, but it feels right to me. I actually feel like there is some merit in that as well. I mean, it the whole near death thing tied into my whole, like that's how she entered the world between worlds in the first place. Yeah. And so I the, know that in the chat, you were like, you were, if she dies again, I don't want yeah. a third resurrection. I don't. I honestly, I, I honestly just got it. <laughs> I actually don't. I think that the world between worlds, I think uh, works on a different, uh, and, and we'll get into it with the, with what's coming up next year. But um time as we understand it is not necessarily linear within the world right. between worlds so right. she could have been there for seconds before they found her yeah do you know what i mean yeah yeah so and i think I, i'm going to argue in a minute too that she was there the whole time 
that only her consciousness was in the world between oh, that her body was in the water because i i when we get to the part with jason i think yeah, that's yeah and because I've, I've thought long and hard about that as well and well when we get there we'll talk about that excellent okay poetry, well poetry he still the has next... a facial scar he's still got his robot arm he does not, that's right not a force ghost <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time like we've only ever seen force ghosts in the real world right yes how <laughs> how do we know how they appear in the world between worlds i'd like to see one in a movie and i don't know yeah, yeah that would be cool that'd be very cool all right so um the next couple things we want to talk about are variations of 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 a theme variations of a, and this has been sort of floating around for a while now um and to set the tone for this conversation we need to remind <laughs> everybody of the mortis arc uh from the clone wars specifically the three uh, the Mortis gods. Um, it's important to know that they're all from a certain point of view. They are all dead. Mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, the sister or the daughter, as I should say, uh, she's deceased by sacrificing her uh, life force to resurrect the Sokotano to save her. Oh, can I, can we put in a small addendum on that? Sure. We can. She was already dying. That she, is true. She, she took a blow from the, she was, that is true. Yeah. Um, and what was left of her resurrected Ahsoka. Right, right. Through Anakin as a battery. So that that throws the whole balance thing out. Mm -hmm. Yes. You've Agreed. got the you've got the father who's been holding these two sort of in check. Now she's gone. The son the, the son uh becomes more powerful. Mm -hmm. So the father with the mortis dagger impales himself to weaken the son, thereby allowing him to be susceptible to a mortal blow from Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber just like reba yeah <laughs> twice <laughs> i'm just saying immortal dark side god and reba <laughs> comment from facebook anakin has mastery over both sides of the force that is 100 true we are getting there agreed. hang on we're getting there one of the popular theories out there uh supports that anakin skywalker because he was offered to him he was offered become the father mm-hmm be the father replace me as you were destined to do and that's the, the prophecy all along right he didn't do it he refused to do it there's a popular theory that seeing anakin in the world between worlds the way that we did is foreshadowing uh that eventually he said yes that ahsoka tano who is the embodiment of the light and ezra bridger who we have yet to see may have turned to the dark side and the three of them shall become the new mortis gods what do you think about that what about kylo ren <laughs> you could you could you could yeah you could pick anybody really i think ray so. um i really don't <laughs> i don't think anakin is the father and I, the reason is because i don't think that but again this could be uh and it's just an opinion and it could, it could, a lots of stuff happens off camera. So this could have happened. Off That's true. Too. That but I don't true. see any direct evidence to support that. He rejected the son. He rejected the father. Inevitably yeah. he rejects the dark side all on his own. That's correct. Um, and then we assume because he's done that and he's strayed so far into the dark that he, he has this balance, but maybe he rejected the dark rather than, you know, um, assumed its abilities, uh, you know, like walked back to the light so that now he's this full light side being, which 
doesn't jive, admittedly, with his ability to switch back and forth in the world between worlds, unless it happens in Ahsoka's mind. It's so intertwined. I know. It's so uh, crazy. But I really like your theory, which is about to come up. Well, I, So Ezra is like sort of throwing a dart in the map. It's like insert, that's right. insert that's right. coin here. Like, yep. It is the most tragic thing that could happen. Yeah, I'm not going to. I, I wouldn't say that maybe he's this level of uh, being, but I I don't rule out this. It kind of looks like Thrawn there. I don't rule a little bit, little blue. I don't rule out this as a possibility in in a, a less intense fashion in terms of like how how often we've seen him dabble. Uh, True. It or wouldn't surprise me. I would hate dangerously it. It would be close. Super painful, but it yeah. wouldn't surprise me that if once we find Ezra Bridger, he is a bad guy. That is not lost on me, and mm -hmm. I think that there is merit to that as well. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to put this comment back up because the father told Anakin that he would one day fulfill his destiny regardless of his choice. Really? I don't remember him saying those words exactly, Source. but I <laughs> but I do remember I do remember him rejecting it. Mm -hmm. And basically saying, well, then pass one test, pass one test and we shall see. Is that if that's a quote, then maybe I'm turned around. If that's a quote, then I have to re-examine my thoughts. Um, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Um, I'm going to take this one a little step further. And this one actually is really cool. And it really kind of hinges on the prophecy of the chosen one, the one who would bring balance to the force. And what does bringing balance to the force means? Because up until this point, I think, generally speaking, Movie-going audiences has movie-going audiences have accepted that balancing the 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 force was wiping out the Jedi Order. There were two Sith, now there are only two Jedi. That kind of balanced it. But if we look at it from a broader, it's not about the Jedi and the Sith, it's about the force. And we look at the Mortis gods who were at one point in galactic history were in the regular universe and withdrew because as the father says, we could use the force in ways that nobody else could conceive of. Mm -hmm. and this was the only place going to Mortis was the only place where he could keep the kids in check. There's an Obi-Wan Qui-Gon novel. I don't know that it's canon, but it's uh, like the art of deception or something like that. It's pre Phantom Menace. Yep. And uh, Obi-Wan or sorry, Qui-Gon is obsessed with, ancient lore in terms of the prophecy like yeah well establishing him like as kind of a nutter you know fringist <laughs> no and so so there's this idea that some people have come up with that he could have been just forcing anybody into that role and the jedi know about it but they're not as well versed in the lore as he is because he's become an expert in it and that he even he even uh encounters like mortis god type stuff books yeah yeah iconography and that Anakin is his interpretation. He, it just dawns upon him in the moment. It's that's his interpretation, but you also see like, it's like common knowledge. There's this prophecy, but it's this thing that, Oh, I read that. I remember that back in Padawan school. Yeah. There, yeah. yeah I read about that was in that book or whatever. And then they all interpret it differently because it's what we're doing. It's the, those gray areas there. Yeah, absolutely. You, you do get Obi-Wan's interpretation is you were supposed to kill the Sith. Yeah, not, not join them. them. Right. So his interpretation was you're supposed to defeat evil. And, yeah, which and, I think was the the generally accepted 
but at the same time, you can interpretation have, of you the can have a meta. You can have that you. meta. Yeah. 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 Right. That um, that outside view that oh no, he's going to like literally balance it out. So there's like either no good guys or bad guys, or there, so there's you know he could have Thanos in that moment, like realistically, like yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> thought too. Yeah. Well, those poor younglings got Thanos. Oh, they did. It's too yeah. It's very uh, Jediism is a lot like Catholicism. I just hail Mary and I'm good. <laughs> let's let's take this one a step further and let's 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 suppose something else that in mm. and again it it falls into that Anakin is the chosen one and he's the one that would bring balance to the Force and that Anakin solely by himself is the last or the one Mortis God. And Mortis God is actually a terrible word to be honest, because they're not mm. they're not deities in the traditional sense. Like the that's what they're called said. internally, though they are called that internally there. So, and I don't like I said earlier, is that a colloquialism inside I, the I don't know. camp? I don't know because they do expressly say they were mortal beings that were so highly powerful. That's right. That yeah, they yeah. Move themselves from, from temporal galaxy. from temporal space is what the right. so, that's an exact quote. So, did they create Mortis? Like a, I don't like know. A, you know, is Mortis, uh, you know, the the, uh, the backyard of the world between worlds? I don't like, know. You know, the, the when we go to, I can't remember what they call it, but the birthplace of the midi chlorines, right? Yoda meets the fates. Is that I don't the know. next door neighbor? Like, there's there's more than one weird world. Yeah, that expresses the force. Like, you know, like, um, this is such a cool theory. But this I, is the one I, I like the most that MB, we saw him flip fluidly from Jedi Knight, Anakin Skywalker to Darth Vader. So yeah. for me, the reason that I, I just don't fall into this camp and it's such a cool idea and I, I'd love to be blown out of the water by the truth uh, like this being the, the truth, because that would be so cool. But is that the father is a mortal being about to die of natural causes when he seeks Anakin out and that Anakin is dead. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's know. the distinction. I don't think that's why he's a living God, because he's dead already. He is dead already. That's true. That's true. But I mean, the one thing that we've we've said right from the beginning when we started doing our show, and I don't mean just this one, the Ahsoka Tano, review, mm. but all of our Star Wars reviews, we've always said that, you know, the Clone Wars uh, did it. Rebels, uh, uh, Clone Wars did it for the sequels. Rebels did it for the original trilogy, right? And these these post post uh, original trilogy shows are recontextualizing, perhaps the sequel trilogy, yeah, definitely are recontextualizing Star Wars in general. So every time they present us with something new, you have to sort of you have to suspend disbelief and go, is this one of those recontextualizations? I don't want right. to call it a retconning, right? Right? Because right, I don't right. think they've. I think the only thing that they've retconned to so far is maybe the the epilogue scene from from Rebels, and I'm not even convinced that that's a retconning. <laughs> no, I think it's, partial, it's just a partial yeah, shot, yeah. shot, and I think that the the scene, like I had said earlier, I think you might get another get scene of that in her and that, right? Yeah, <laughs> with the staff, and you know, which appears a lot in his sketches of her in that era. So every time um, we say, "Well, that's not how that works," you can't not you can't not eliminate the does it really right you know what i mean because I agree. we just don't could, know because it really could <laughs> it really could i want to go back to like blue is good and red yeah is yeah wasn't it wasn't it more fun when it was just go back a blue lightsaber and a, a blue <laughs> one is good the red one is bad <laughs> 
uh, Facebook. Yes, that's what I have been saying. Mm. Yeah. So um, of all of the ones that I had seen kicked around this week, of all the ones that I sort of rolled around in my head, this one felt, this one felt, give me the warm fuzzies that somehow Anakin Skywalker, whether alive or dead, is now, yeah, he is, he is the prophecy incarnate, whether he's out there in the world or in the world between worlds, watching over the balance of the greater force. So what's, what's messed up is if he's that guy, yeah, that Palpatine is still able to manipulate Ben Solo by being yeah. every voice he's ever heard. Yeah. And do you just let that happen? Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe well, you do. But maybe yeah, you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah, you do, right? Oh, like God, it's not a lot a, of weird things happen. <laughs> it's not about eliminating all good or eliminating mm-hmm. all evil. Mm-hmm. It's making sure that there are checks. I love that it's. So. I, I love that it's. There's this many interpretations from something that is like so clearly presented to us. I. I, <laughs> yeah. I it's amazing. All right. Um. Any more for any more? Any other theories, Andy? No, he just used Sith magic to mask himself from Sith uh, magic. Yeah. God Vader. Mm, that's possible as well. Maybe that could be Palpatine. Yeah. How really. About that? <laughs> about that. Somehow Palpatine has returned. Oh, oh, he got he got the door because once yeah. you're there, you're always I mean, there. Maybe maybe making well, Ahsoka Ahsoka the White is part of the big plan. Oh, maybe because his hand is always there now. I mean, the father even said uh, it, to Anakin, he's like, "Our physical, what we look like, we can take many forms." It's just whatever they project themselves mm. as. So that's, I, I don't think anything is off the table. And I don't no. think that one is more valid than another. No. And I think that there's room where parts of everything we've talked about are all peppered in there yeah. somewhere. It feels pretty Bendu-y to me too. It really does. I'm yeah. I'm actually really disappointed that they did not do more with that character. Well, just yeah. On. Yeah. Well, I hope so. Oh, it's coming. So. We finally got Purtles, so. Oh, did we ever? Oh, don't forget to talk about that when it comes up. Yep. <laughs> All right. So we move on. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Moving on. <clears throat> at, oh, where am I at here? What's going on? Oh, my gosh. Oh, I feel like I've completely missed a slide. Wow. I totally missed the slide. Well, they start fighting. <laughs> They do. <laughs> oh wait and uh then master and apprentice clash blades and the fight is on and while ahsoka is hesitant and defensive anakin is anything but there we go at the center of the henge sorry at the henge jason Sindula sits at the edge of the structure staring out over the ocean chopper stands beside him with his radar dish spinning at the center of the henge hera uses a handheld scanner to search for signs of the enemy Hu Yang examines the star map, which, as we already know, is broken beyond repair, and he tells Hera that wherever the Eye of Sion went, they have no hope of following. Hera is more concerned with finding Ahsoka and Sabine uh, first, but Hu Yang posits that one thing might answer the uh, one of thing might answer the other, that Sabine and Ahsoka might be on board the Eye of Sion. Well, just then, Carson Teva joins them at the center of the henge, and he tells the general that they're overdue at reporting in with headquarters, and that Senator Organa can only cover for them for so long. Name so, girl. Leia is a <laughs> sitting senator in the Galactic Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, did they give a seat to the surviving uh, Alderanians that were scattered from the uh, the destruction of mm-hmm. Alderaan? You would think so. The representative from home one. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
All right. With an I don't care, uh, I don't care smile, Hera says that they aren't going anywhere until they know what happened here on CETOS. Carson protests, saying that the longer they, they stay out here, the more likely people will start asking questions. No doubt his concerns are over the Republic Military Oversight Committee, and we all know how well Hera's last interaction with them went. From behind her, Jason stands up and calls his mother, but she quickly dismisses him to focus on the conversation she's having with Carson. She says it might work for them if those people asked a few more questions. Carson points out it won't matter if they don't have any answers for them. Jason interrupts them again, insisting that there's something about the water. Turning her attention to her son, Hera asks Jason, what is it? Looking intently at his mother, he insists that something is out there and he can feel it. Hera turns to Chopper, who says something like, I'm sorry, I'm not getting it. And Hera tells Jason that if something was out there, he would have picked it up on his scanner. But Jason is insistent. No, Mom. Then it's Carson who interrupts as he says that they need to figure out what they're going to tell Command. Turning to face him, he says, uh, she says, I'll cover it. Adding, what good is a high rank if you can't use it every now and then? Mm -hmm. uh, cool little nod here to uh, The Empire Strikes Back with the uh, scanner. This is the same scanner that Han Solo used uh, when they were stranded on Hoth. Mm -hmm. um, didn't know this until I looked this up. This is courtesy of the uh, replica prop form. That's a vintage soap dispenser. Nice. <laughs> oh, it's so cool. I love, I love discovering this stuff. We've got the uh, coffee maker uh, for the time machine mm -hmm. and we've got a soap dispenser scanner in Star Wars. Oh, hey, at least you're going to get a clean scan. That's right. Nice. Um, I'm, I've included... Um, it's not there yet because I haven't done it, but there will be a link uh, to the, the the thread if you want to go and look up all the parts for this. I will link uh, the RPF thread in our uh, show notes tonight. That's awesome. Well, Jason beckons his mother to listen, and she says that she is, but Jason insists that she listen to the waves. Beckoning Carson to wait a minute, Hera joins Jason at the edge of the cliff. Then closing her eyes, she says, okay, what are we listening for? Now, Jason's eyes are closed, too, and he asks his mother, don't you hear it? With her eyes still closed, Hera shakes her head as she asks, the waves crashing? The boy's answer is startling. No, the lightsabers. Hera's eyes snap open, and she looks down at Jason, unsettled. But closing her eyes again and concentrating on the sound, both mother and son can hear the sounds of battle as a few notes of the Force plays, which I thought was super cool. As the camera moves around Hera and Jason, their expressions are serene, and the crashing of the waves is replaced with the clashing and hum of distant lightsabers. Opening her eyes, the sound of the waves returns. Hera smiles down at Jason, and then turning to walk towards the ghost, she orders Carson to take his squad of X-Wings back out over the ocean and perform a low-altitude sweep. Carson retorts, we already did that, but Hera orders him to do it again. Then calling Hu Yang, she says, you're with me and the ghost. Near the boarding ramp to the ghost, Hera turns back to Jason and she tells the boy, good work. Then she tells Chopper to stay with him. Confused, Carson asks Hu Yang, what just happened? What am I missing? And the professor tells him that Jason has abilities, adding that his father, Kanan Jarrus, was a Jedi. Throwing up his hands, Carson blurts out, Okay. We better get to it then. I love that line. Just like, whatever. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. Just, yeah, roll with well, it. I guess so. Ro yeah, roll with it. 
He then radios Lieutenant Lander to inform him that they're going back up again. And at the edge of the cliff, Jason and Chopper watch as the ghost and Carson's X-Wings pass overhead. Uh, Facebook user, best name drop, Kanan Jarrus? <clears throat> Maybe, Senator yeah. Organa? Two Ooh, good name drops. Yeah, two mm-hmm. good name drops, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> do, we, uh, do we want to talk about what we think is going on? Um, well, is yeah, there? I think I've got a thing. Uh, do I have it here? Let me see if it's the next one. I think it's, whoops, it might be the next. Yeah, the next slide I've got. Um, so first of all, this this is a, a lean into that, uh, the idea that was planted early on uh, as far back as at least Rise of Skywalker. And if you're a Legends fan like us, the role-playing game, anybody could use the fours if you just know how to listen to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that's what's happening here. I'm not hundred percent convinced either. Uh, <laughs> I do. I do want to put this slide up because actually I'm going to wait a second here. I've got this one's intertwined here. with the other thing too. Yeah. 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 Um, Sarah says Carson Tava's reaction to the news that Jason is Kanan's son and has Jedi skills was priceless. Yes. <laughs> totally agree. Like, oh, okay. Course. I guess that's just how it is. <laughs> we had a conversation this week um, when we saw this and I asked you a question, Hank, I, I said, um, do all mothers of force using children have a link to their children uh, gained by uh, it, their children in utero? So there's got to be a midi chlorine exchange if there's a blood exchange. It would have to be. I agree. It would That's, have to and be. it's a friggin' cool idea. Um, these are all of the pregnant Star Wars moms that I could uh, that I could find. Of course, uh, Shmi with um, Anakin, Padme with the twins, Leia with Ben, and Ahso- uh, Ahsoka, Hera, Hera with uh, Jason. And all of them except Leia are non-force sensitives, giving birth to force sensitives. The force using, yeah, force using children, yeah, right, right every one right. of them. And it's I cited an in *Heir to the Empire*, which I'm rereading again, so that's why I'm referencing a lot. But yeah, she yeah. can feel when she's upset about Luke's worried state about the Galactic, the New Republic, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. The twins, even though they're like this big feel yep. it too and upset her belly and she can calm them using the force and using the force yeah there's cool. there's definitely an argument for that i think there is as well like that there is a latency like we've we've shared a bit of the of the secret sauce yeah. so now it's in you now it's in yeah. you mom and yeah. if you just if you just listen as jason says just listen mm-hmm. maybe you can tune into it i think that's an interesting thought as well so here's what i think happened and this, sure. is, this is why I think it happened first. So here's what I think happened. And I think that Jason was broadcasting. Oh, um, yeah. And because we can't hear it either until she can. That's right. Yeah. So that's how I know it, that she didn't access the force there. Or it would have been plainly like we were her in that moment. Yeah. Listening I mean, to him broadcast. And so that reinforces my, the idea that Ahsoka Tano... Yeah, is dead floating in the water and that he's not accessing the world between worlds, which was my initial thought. I went, whoa, 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 whoa. He could mm-hmm. see into the world between worlds. That's crazy. But he's actually reading her thoughts as she's oh, dying. Entirely possible. And then broadcasting them because um, Sabine can hear the wolves talking to Ezra but she definitely didn't come from Ezra's womb. <laughs> That's true. That is so true. And so he's broadcasting there. Ezra's broadcasting because they share a bond. Yeah. She can pick up on that. And I bet yeah. if we went through Star Wars, we could find more evidence of that. Probably. Um, 
and the, one of the reasons is I feel like we're Hera in that moment, so we get we get to hear absolutely it at the same curve she does. Absolutely. Or if you if you choose to go the other way, that anybody can use the force now. Right. It still applies. Now and we I, can hear it because we're. I will say that I think Hera does is force sensitive more than the average bear, and I think I would say that her ability to fly is evidence of that. Yeah, her piloting skill. Right. Yeah, is, yeah, is, yeah, is yeah, force yeah. augmented, whether she thinks it's luck or skill or whatever. Right. Uh, right. The same thing with Han Solo. Han Solo. Yeah. Interesting. But I think that that the reason, like, her life signs have gone out. That's why Chopper can't pick her up. That's why the sensors on the X-Wings oh, can't pick her up. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, why yeah. the Han Solo device can't pick her up. But he can pick her up because her thoughts are somewhere else, but they're still oh, like physically that. local. I like that. Yeah. I really like that. All right. Well, in the world between worlds, Anakin presses his attack, forcing Ahsoka backwards down the luminescent pathway towards a circular platform. Anticipating his moves, Ahsoka is able to block every strike. And after a short blade lock, even manages to land a roundhouse kick to Anakin's face. Smiling at her master, she says, looks like you don't have much to offer. By the way, probably the wrong thing to say in that moment. <laughs> Anakin smiles back at her at the, as he uh, flourishes his saber to a high ready position. He says, I haven't taught you everything yet. Yeah. But instead of renewing his assault, Anakin makes a sweeping low cut to the pathway itself, and it shatters like glass, causing Ahsoka to fall into the void. As she falls, the star-dotted void transitions to uh, thick pink-tinted clouds that finally coalesce into a homogenous vapor. As the vapor begins to thin, Ahsoka picks herself up off the ground, but something is amiss. A pair of Phase 1 clones charge past her, then an explosion off to the side before Anakin Skywalker, resplendent in his Clone War-era armor, charges past her. She calls out, Master! But Anakin just shouts back, Hurry up, Snips! before rushing forward as he deflects incoming blaster fire. Ahsoka chases after him, but stops dead in her tracks. An explosion off to the side lights up her teenage face, and the young Ahsoka realizes this is the Clone War. Anakin jokes, yeah, no kidding. Looking around confused, Ahsoka remarks, this was one of our first missions. Why are we here? And Anakin answers, you tell me. Ahsoka says she doesn't understand, and Anakin tells her, that's your problem and then charges forward with the advancing troops. Igniting her green lightsaber, teenage Ahsoka chases after him. Anakin shouts, you gotta keep up! What about my training? asks Ahsoka. And Anakin tells her, this is your training. As the Jedi and their clones charge forward, the pink veil closes again. So first of all, we yeah. are all trolled by the casting rumors. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does nobody did nobody remember that? <laughs> I kept saying that. Clearly, I was wrong. We need to get Kim recording like swing and a miss. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> the Clone Wars are. Oh, I know. Well, now that you've mentioned that, I have I to. Uh, I have to do this. I thought you know, there's no way because we saw it, the behind the scenes thing for Obi Wan and how freaked out I was. I'm like. <gasps> When they use the Hot Toys figure to to do the costuming for yep. for Obi Wan, I have no That's doubt. I have no doubt that they turn back to Hot Toys for this costume as well. Oh. 
This, of course, is the evolution of Anakin Skywalker's Clone War look. Actually attracted to a man. (laughs) (laughs) So good. From his uh, animated maquette uh, to the Hot Toys action figure to Hayden in the actual costume. Hair's a bit shorter to to look more like the Matt Lanter version, but that's cool. So good. I loved it. Thought it was... uh, Thought it was great. Spot on. <laughs> Facebook user, be still my heart. I know he looks like James Dean there. It's great. I feel you. He looks great. Um, there's no doubt in my mind. He looks fantastic. Yeah. Now, uh, it's casting uh the casting rumor that nobody remembered. By the way, <laughs> our young our young Ahsoka, that's Ariana Greenblatt. Now mm. she has 17 uh, acting credits to date, uh, starting with an episode of uh, 2015's uh Live and Maddie. Her longest running uh, gig was 57 episodes of Disney's Stuck in the Middle, where she played the character uh, Daphne Diaz. But we all, as nerds, probably recognize her as the young Gamora from Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. I've seen it recently. She's also in the Barbie movie. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. She yeah. is in Barbie. Yeah. Like the sub star of that movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she's fantastic, by the way. Um, you remember how we gushed about young Leia? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ariana, uh, uh, right, is 16. So she filmed this when she was 15. Oh, yeah. Uh, anybody else uh, think they could have pulled that caliber of acting at 15? It's crazy good, man. Yeah. Not me. Crazy she good. was so good. I watched so, it like 30 so times. And she's even yeah. doing some Ashley Eckstein. Like, oh, yes. Man. <laughs> Sarah on YouTube says Ariana Greenblatt's performance was stunning, especially her lightsaber skills. Yeah, she's so good. Um, her poses, her stances. Oh man. Oh, just so good. Okay. Well, the pink veil uh, thins again and Ahsoka approaches a military staging area where injured clones are being moved on hover stretchers. The silhouettes of ATTEs can be seen through the fog as a two, one B medical droid works on one of the clones while an armed Twi'lek speaks to another clone off to the side. Another clone on a stretcher is brought in, and Ahsoka sits next to him on a crate. The soldier's head and arms are wrapped in bandages. Ahsoka places her hand on his arm to comfort him, and the clone reaches over with his other hand and places it over top of hers. Ahsoka is fraught with emotion, and she shakes her head. Meanwhile, Anakin, who has been speaking with Captain Rex and a pair of armed Twi'leks, turns his attention to Ahsoka and tells her, Come on, Snips. The battle's not over yet. There are more Separatist droids approaching. Holding back tears, Ahsoka nods and gets up to follow her master. But the medical droid and its patient catch her attention, and she hesitates. Turning back to see what the holdup is, a war-hardened Anakin coldly asks, Is there a problem? Plainly, she remarks, We lost so many. Crossing the camp to face her, Anakin tells Ahsoka that there is always a price to be paid. Beating herself up, she calls it her fault that the clones were following her orders and she got them killed. Putting his arm around her, he pulls her away a few steps before stopping to tell her, this is war. And as Jedi, it's their job to lead. But it doesn't mean that they don't make mistakes. Ahsoka refutes, but our mistakes cost lives. That doesn't bother you? Anakin answers, of course it does. Ahsoka surveys the camp and all the wounded before looking back up at her master and telling him, this isn't what I trained for. Anakin tells her that she has to adjust to the times. He says that when Obi-Wan taught him, 
they were keepers of the peace. And looking around the camp, he remarks, but now to win this war, I have to teach you to be a soldier. Looking way back away, last year. Yeah. Way, way back last year when he yeah. trained me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, last year. Last year. Looking away from her master, Ahsoka wonders aloud, is that all I'll have to teach my own Padawan one day? How to fight? Anakin asks her if she even wants a Padawan, and Ahsoka just shrugs. Trying to inject some levity into the situation, Anakin makes a crack that teaching isn't all it's cracked up to be. But Ahsoka, who's now incensed, snaps back, Really? What makes you say that? Anakin tries to diffuse her with, It's a joke. But the humor is lost on Ahsoka as she asks, How can you joke at a time like this? Anakin asks her, what it is that she wants if she wants him to be more serious snapping at him she says i would prefer it now standing over top of his much shorter apprentice anakin furrows his brow as he barks listen i'm teaching you how to lead how to survive and to do that you're going to have to fight just then an enemy artillery round lands nearby lighting up the fog around the camp and the battle cries of clones and twi'lek resistance fighters can be heard as they renew the fight. Ahsoka asks Anakin, what if I want to stop fighting? Anakin backs away from her, telling her, then you'll die. Without looking back, he beckons to Rex and the clones, let's go! And Ahsoka watches as the battle resumes. If this doesn't, uh, what I've been saying, I guess we've all been saying, uh, yeah. if this doesn't like put hit the nail on the head so hard that that she's a child soldier. A child soldier, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, and how many other Jedi Padawans Caleb? Right. Did? Right. And and he's 19 here. Yeah. He's a child soldier too. Yeah, and she's like if, <laughs> if we presume that this that they've casted age appropriate uh then Ahsoka is technically 15 Ariana would be 15 when they filmed this. Right. So Ahsoka's in that that same yeah, gap, which yeah. I think we sort of pinned her at anyway. 13 to 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, so we we watch movies like Platoon and uh, you know Saving Private Ryan, and we don't realize that often veterans are boys. Like, a few of us might realize it more than others, but like nineteen is the average yeah. age of a, of a of an infantryman. Infantryman. Like, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. Like, so the combat arms is a young person's <laughs> game. Right. Yeah. It, it really is. It just it like it's so much more tragic than, than just when we see 12 year olds with guns because 19 year olds aren't much more than 12 year olds. That's right. Yeah. You yeah. know, wow. As Anakin walks away with his lightsaber at the low ready, he's silhouetted in the light of an explosion. Then another explosion changes the silhouette and it's Darth Vader replete with his crimson lightsaber. And then finally Anakin again, Ahsoka stands in shock, having witnessed the transformation, and still the battle rages on. Um, I think there's enough evidence in this. We talked about it earlier this week. I think it's fair to say, uh, fair to say that this is the Battle of Ryloth. 100. Uh, the Ryloth Probably, campaign yeah. early on. Oh, in yeah. War. Big time. If right. those aren't uh, Cham Syndulla's uh, freedom that, fighters that Anakin's talking to, there's two named specific. I, I forgot to look them up, but. Uh, Facebook user, the cinematography. Oh man, there's so some good. of that stuff was shot for shot from this episode. Yeah, so good. Uh, the fog of war was much more dense to cover up, I think, uh, budgetary concerns and stuff. But there's yeah, yeah, there's yeah. certain things that were shot for shot 
uh, from this. You know, and for a show that coming up to um, once again, the majority of this show, if not all of it, filmed on the volume, and yeah. uh, they're really making good use of it. Oh, so <laughs> if they're if they're giving all the money to Ahsoka, I will take a yeah. thousand shitty Marvel movies. <laughs> 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 it's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right, well, um, back at the Henge, Jason and Chopper watch as the squad of three X-Wings makes a low-sweeping pass over the water. Cutting to the interior of Carson's cockpit, the captain sighs as he toggles the comm and asks, General, how many more times are we going to make this circuit? There's nothing out here. But instead of a direct answer, Hera just tells him to widen the sweep along the coast. Carson tells her he's worried that they're going to cut into their fuel reserves. Something we don't actually talk a whole lot about in Star Wars is fueling starships. Uh, and while it's not lost on her, Hera insists that he widen his search. And as the three X-Wings peel off, the ghost drops into frame and carries on the search pattern. On the flight deck of the ghost, Hera sighs as she tells Huyang that Carson isn't wrong, that Sabine and Ahsoka are lost, and soon they too will be stranded here. Huyang mentions that it's a good thing that the New Republic is basically just a phone call away, adding that he's surprised that they changed their minds about this mission. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Oversight Committee didn't change their minds, and Hera just decided to come anyway. She suggests that maybe the Senators were right about her. She does, after all, have them chasing ghosts out here, as she puts it. Ah. Huyang suggests that she does things her way because she cares. And that's why people like her. Rhetorically, she asks the droid, where are they? Adding, people don't just vanish into thin air. The professor agrees. Normally they don't. Hera asks if there's a chance that they're actually out here. And Hu Yang confidently replies, always, especially with Lady Tano. He says that Ahsoka is tenacious like her master. Hera asks, what was he like? He pauses for a moment as he looks at <laughs> looks at the general before answering, "Intense." <laughs> <laughs> just to put it. Just then, the calm breaks, and it's Jason telling them that Chopper might have picked something up. He relays the coordinates, and he tells her that she'll have to get really low, as low as she can get. And Chopper mumbles angrily in the background. Jason pl- uh, imp- uh, pleads for his mother to go, "Just go, please." <laughs> With the course laid in, Hera drops the ghost to the deck and races just along the surface, looking like a giant rock skipping over the waves. I quite like that shot, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, we got a crappy, uh, what is this, a Twitch solicitation. Yeah. Oh, thanks. No, thank you. <laughs> no bots, thank you. Yeah, no bots. Let's uh, put you on a timeout. <laughs> Done. All right, elsewhere, a thick yellow fog clears, and Ahsoka, now wielding twin blue lightsabers, cuts through several Mandalorian super commandos. After an incredible acrobatic display of her combat prowess, newly promoted Commander Rex of the 332nd Clone Company tells her, Nice work, Commander, adding, We'll secure the perimeter. Then he beckons his troops to follow him, and he rushes off, leaving Ahsoka standing there watching the battle. Uh, yes. Uh, Commander, clone yeah. Commander Rex. There's some, there's some thought, uh, shot for shot stuff going on there too. Quite liked uh, that we got Rex. I know it was just a voice cameo, but uh, mm. I'm super happy with that. 
Um, once again, I can't help but go back and, and do these sort of evolutionary uh, comparison shots oh, of yeah. uh, the, the animation model to what we got in live action. Yeah. So good. Sarah says, yes, it was wonderful to see Rex in live action. I loved it as well. Yeah. Are we um, gonna, and again, do we gonna, you know, are we going to go off on his arms? Yeah, or? we are. Okay. <laughs> we're not going to go off, but I'm, I'm no, no. we're definitely going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and you can see right there that it, it made it into the episode <laughs> as well. Um, before we get there, though, again, uh, putting up the, these are hot toys, the small oh, images. Oh, those really? Are hot toys. Yeah, they're both hot toys. So I, I have a strong suspicion that they definitely, I mean, all the work's done. It's They're real clothes. So, I mean, from a costuming point of view, oh, just yeah. give me the hot toys and I can, I can examine that and I can recreate it. I think that's such yeah. a smart thing to do. And somebody gets a, a, a really cool action figure at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what's really interesting is that at least for uh, Andor, for the flashback of Andor, they hired a uh, a cosplayer to help them build armor because we were doing real, real clones for like the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got it wrong. <laughs> they yeah. didn't get it wrong. They didn't get it wrong. They got a detail wrong. Now, sure depending on how anal you are, this might be a big, uh, might be a big deal <laughs> to you. Yeah. Worst episode ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, upper arms. The upper arms, also known uh, in armor circles as the rear brace. The rear braces on his arms are backwards. Yeah. Um, essentially, but the that, paint apps are on the correct side. So that that, well, that that lets me know that it was an error in costuming and not an error in dressing. Yeah. Like, yeah. did you just... But it would... Ha- like these armor pieces would go on over the, the undersuit. Like all you had to do was put them on the opposite arms or just right. turn them. Or, well, they'd have to go on the opposite right. arms. They'd have the to way, go on the opposite arms because the way of the color cut. Also the way that the, uh, the line is cut into it. But if you think of that Ridge as being the tricep muscle inflection, right. That should be the back of the arm. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, and this, this is true. I don't care about his arms. <laughs> it's Rex. Yes, I love of you, course baby. it is. Yeah. We <laughs> all love you, him. We all love him. Okay. Moving on. <clears throat> As a so oh, sorry, can't go on to there. Um, by the way, Super Commando, I think, mm-hmm. is actually hundred percent CGI. I don't think that that's an actor. And I mean, it just looks there's just something about the textures there that look CG-ish to me. Still, it's perfect. Uh, but they definitely the volume, although she interacted with that character. They definitely uh, used the uh, the animation model to the left. I mean, that if that's not the same character, right, right. yeah, I would be surprised. Slightly different paint job on the shoulder flashes, but with the mocap that they can do now, which yeah. renders that 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 stuff in real time, yeah, yeah, it could have it could have easily been a real actor running around. Oh yeah, and then just bloop. and then yeah. he's that yeah, every exactly. move he makes. It's so good. It's so good. Well, that probably is more likely the case. I know that. Have you been watching the credits? Yeah. That the yeah. Unreal, the Unreal folks, the Unreal engine gets a credit in these shows. Right. Because that's what the volume uses. Yeah. 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 They run stuff yeah. in real time in the Unreal engine. Yeah. It's kind of cool. And, all and the, the, the gaming stuff is so much smoother than the movie stuff. Ever all since the FPS players. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> all right. Moving on. <clears throat> As Ahsoka stands there with her arms folded, Anakin Skywalker dressed in now dressed in his traditional Jedi attire. Uh, steps out from behind her looking around. He tells Ahsoka that he doesn't remember this battle. She tells him it's the siege of Mandalore and that by this time they had already parted ways with a smile. Anakin says it looks intense. And Ahsoka says it was, 
He says that she did well and that she's a warrior now, just as he trained her to be. Ahsoka questions, is that all? As master and apprentice stand there watching with their arms folded, double folded arms, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, Anakin tells Ahsoka that within her, she will be everything he is, all the knowledge he possesses in the same way that he inherited the knowledge from his master and his from his. After all, that is the perpetual Jedi cycle. He calls her a part of a legacy, but Ahsoka shakes her head and steps forward as she echoes Balin Skull's words. But my part of that legacy is one of death and war. Anakin tells her that she's more than that because he is more than that. Turning to face him, Ahsoka says, you are more Anakin, but more powerful and dangerous than anyone realized. Friend, frowning, Anakin asks, is that what this is about? Mm -hmm. Ahsoka, Ahsoka continues, if I am everything, but then she's suddenly cut off as Anakin snaps. You've learned nothing. Ahsoka shouts, don't say that. But Anakin just walks away, telling her back to the beginning. And just as they stood on the luminescent pathway, once again, Anakin stands with his back to his apprentice. And once again, he reaches across his body to take up his lightsaber. Igniting his weapon, he repeats himself. I gave you a choice. Only this time, the blade is red. Live or die. When he turns around to face her, it's not the face of Anakin Skywalker that Ahsoka sees. Instead, it's the pale face, Sith-eyed Darth Vader instead. Ahsoka shakes her head as she mutters, no. But Vader answers, incorrect, and then attacks her. The two dance around one another. Vader is powerful, but Ahsoka is nimble and manages to avoid a number of killing blows. Surely killing blows. By the way, I do feel if she didn't put up a fight, she, he, she was going to die. Yeah. Hmm. Then Vader lands a kick to Ahsoka's chest, and she's knocked back into the fog. Landing as her adult self back on the luminescent pathway in the world between worlds. The sound of Vader's respirator rings out as, she, as he strides purposefully toward her, briefly flickering between his armored and unarmored forms. With his teeth gritted, Vader admonishes his former apprentice, you lack conviction. Getting to her feet, Ahsoka blocks a massive attack from the Sith Lord that drives her to her knees. Vader continues to deliver power strike after power strike, and it's all Ahsoka can do to fend him off. Vader grabs her arm, forcing her katana out of the way and away from her body as he presses his saber against her shoto. Driving her back, he glares at Ahsoka as he tells her, time to die. Still holding on to her katana arm, he uses his lightsaber to disarm her of her shoto and then kicks the katana from her other hand. Relieved of her weapons, all Ahsoka can do is bob and weave around Vader, uh, but in doing so, she manages to fake him out by taking a knee, which causes Vader to overextend. And in that moment, she's able to rend his saber from his hand, and she presses it back against her former master's throat. Ahsoka's anger flashes as she presses in towards Vader, the glow of the lightsaber reflected in her eyes, giving them a quasi-Sith look, Vader's own eyes gazing back intently. But instead of delivering the killing blow, she deactivates the lightsaber and tosses it into the void. Finally, letting go of her attachment, she looks into his eyes and says, I choose to live. Stepping back a few paces, 
Vader furrows his brow as he stares back at her. Then he averts his gaze downward, and when he looks back up, it's once again the blue eyes and the warm pallor of Anakin Skywalker. Anakin smiles at her as he says, there's hope for you yet. All right, let's go back to this one, because this is, this is the other one that everyone's talking about. <laughs> Sith eyes, no Sith eyes. What do you think? Yes, Sith eyes. If only for a moment to touch that dark side. Yeah. Like push right to the very edge. Me too. And, and come I'm, back. I'm not certain that it was on purpose. I think it was maybe even a beautiful accident. But it's uh ding. I'll, I'll meet you on that one. <laughs> but I, I think that if they could they can CG uh him yep. seamlessly a 1.5 second flare or an enhancement of the existing reflection. Yeah. I, I agree that it's Sith eyes. Even if it's not, let's go. And I'm in the camp mm -hmm. of happy accident mm -hmm. because Rosario's eyes are naturally brown. Um, right. And Ahsoka's eyes are blue, like ice, ice blue. blue. Ice blue. Yeah. yeah. It totally, it totally works for me. So even if they didn't mean to do with it, I mean, this has got to be the, the happiest accident ever. Mm. But again, you know, as we're fond of saying, there are no accidents. All things are intentional. <laughs> right. So, yeah. And that brings us to. Again, the sentiment is exactly the same. She, yeah. she, she stepped fully over to that side so yeah. that she could know that she would have the power to reject it. And that's what the lesson is. Yeah. 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 Hearing the sound of, uh, sorry, that's uh, the last one here. Skipping ahead here. Here we go. Hearing the sound of thunder, the camera pans around Ahsoka's head as she looks to see where the noise came from. Seeing nothing, she turns back to Anakin, but he's gone. And the star field now begins to fall like snow as she begins to make her way back to the real world. A black inkiness rises up from underneath the luminescent path, and when it finally rolls over the path, we see that it is, in fact, the rising water. And as the water envelops Ahsoka's head, she takes a calm breath and closes her eyes as it rolls over her. Um, yeah, so let's talk about the lesson here for a second. Um, Andy, I think you hit it right on the on the on the hit the head, the nail on the head. Um, and I, I chose to contrast these two images together because it's very, very similar. Yeah, you have to be. You have to be pushed to the edge. You have to face the darkness in order to turn away from it. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was true for Luke Skywalker. Um, it's definitely true for Ahsoka. In the yeah. novelization of Return of the Jedi, he fully goes over. He yeah. lets go. And yeah. Once he sees Vader defeated, that's when he realizes, "I'm becoming Vader," and that's his yeah. catalyst to come back. Yeah. He had In to lose a hand. To get there. He, <laughs> or I had to yeah. Look at the hand, and I had to take a hand. I sort right. Of right. Yeah, but like he fully unleashed on Vader too. Oh my gosh! Yeah, 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 yeah. There is it's in the novelization; it's unequivocal. He turns yeah. to the dark side in that moment because the Emperor's there just egging Leia. him on. Oh yeah, to protect Leia. I think Ahsoka, you know, in that regard, has a ton of advantage uh, in the sense that uh, of her training and just her Way character more. of yeah. who she is yeah. that would make her a little bit more resilient to that, you know. Whereas Luke, again you know, barely, barely out of diapers. And oh, by the way, face the emperor and Vader together. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, honestly, he, you know, and I, I had been going on, like, I think maybe he's the chosen one based on a few things. Yeah. And Lauren was quick to point out that like, he doesn't defeat the emperor or Vader. Vader defeats the emperor and then Vader sort of defeats himself. 
Like, yeah, you know, he, I mean, he, he bests Vader in the duel for sure, but it's sort of the act of removing his helmet that kills him. And she's the daughter. And she's the daughter <laughs> from a certain point of view. Yeah. Is she the daughter or is Morai the daughter? That's the uh, thing that gets me because like, or is Morai one and the same? Well, that's just it though. I mean, we can, we all accept that Morai is an aspect of yeah. the daughter. Yeah. My, we've my, never uh, seen, we've never seen. No matter where Ahsoka goes in the galaxy, Morai mm-hmm. turns up. How does Morai go from world to world? Right. Catches a ride with the Lothwolves. Familiar. <laughs> yeah. So I'm that's that's my um, confirmation bias because I've been saying it a long time since 2016. I've been saying it, um, or or sorry, I guess 18. Um, that that she is the embodiment of the uh, the living embodiment of the light side of the force. She is everything yeah. that the sister was, and that that Morai is her familiar, is her sort of external totem of, of that being. I think that I, I also I know good. like in the previous scene where she's filling yeah. up with water, isn't it crazy yeah. now that the, the, the Dave Filoni digital cards that were released back? Mm. Oh yeah. 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 Are, like he's been plotting this. Like well I mean those are those ideas don't just go away because you couldn't no. use them. And I mean I think any creative you know now be, be basically being given the keys to the car. Yeah. Now I'm gonna do it. Yeah. It's I so, think that's you know wonderful opportunity to have so um, good thrust don't upon throw you. your old writing books away no don't <laughs> keep, <laughs> keep everything keep everything i agree i think she is the daughter and i don't know if it's like let's call her that or but i i, I feel that i can't do it i can't do it because if she's the daughter then there needs to be a son yes do you know what i mean absolutely right and if, then, they, yes. if we don't get one then then what yeah, but if we're getting the daughter in this episode, who's to say that we don't skip over it just and get the son the next episode? It doesn't. Well, we could. We could. Right. I'm just saying if we don't get a son, it just doesn't make sense for me in the in the sense that. Balance. Yeah. And I mean, the whole the show has been and Star Wars in general has been pushing mm. us towards this, like something in the middle. that's neither light nor dark. Right. But there, there is the idea that, and I joke about Reva, and I joke about the yeah. Grand Inquisitor. But there is the idea that make maybe, those jokes. maybe the brother or the son didn't die on Mortis. Maybe that's why maybe? The, the dark side has had the galaxy by the balls for generations now. At this point, possibly. If we're gonna go that far though, and like and hit it on the like, she's the she's the light. Then we have to have the dark. And I agree. I agree. And you have that, to have the balance. That has yet to be explored reveal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like so i that, say about the father there's no evidence yeah. of that yeah uh, but there there's pretty strong evidence that the life force of the daughter is inside ahsoka because especially she was unequivocally on dead in that moment oh yeah that's especially like especially based on what's coming up here yeah uh, we all yeah. representation that's about to happen we all agree though that she had to be pushed to the edge in order to to turn that's away the lesson her. that's the okay. lesson right. she, her greatest fear what, what i thought her greatest fear was uh that she could thought she might have been able to save Anakin. Sure. Because he even says, Oh, is that what this is about? Yeah. Get over it. I killed a bunch of kids. Get over it. I did. That's right. What yeah. murder? <laughs> Why are you worried about so but, I actually thought that her, there was... her biggest fear though was actually becoming Anakin. Agreed. Agreed. So totally that's why agreed. she wouldn't train Grogu. And I that's think why that... she won't lead the Jedi Temple. There's a she's gonna, right. she's more qualified than Luke Skywalker ever could be. There's a there's another element here, and I I I originally wasn't going to talk about it, but we're here now. There's also another thing going on here, and there's a moment 
whether she's looking for it or not, he gives her absolution. Yes. And that's a, that's a huge component for her in order yes. to, to complete that Closure. transformation. She can't yes. become Ahsoka the White without the absolution. Whether he gives it to her, right. whether she takes it for herself, that has to happen. Because we've been saying this since day one with this character, maybe day five, because we all yeah. didn't like her at first. But but, but since, since day five, month one, yeah. we've been saying she is hope. And the central oh, yeah. theme of Star yeah, yeah. Wars is hope. And he gives it back to her in that moment. There's hope for you yet. As we've said, or I have said, she's been like awfully wooden up until this episode. Like on purpose, right? Everybody's right. been like, Oh, I don't think Missouri Dawson's cut out for this. But like, come on, I there's think, a plan. Yeah. I I I, I suspected that. I suspected that early on. I mean, the Mandalorian, she was still she was kind of Ahsoka, but then get to this show and it's like, oh, there's something going on here. But yeah, we did. We kind of we we talked about that. Like, oh. is, is she doing this on purpose? Prior to this moment, right? The fear was she was just gonna have to keep fighting and fighting forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Facebook user reborn from water, kind of like the avatar. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Another Dave Filoni thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh he was not a writer on he that. He wasn't a writer. I was not a writer on that. that. So we can't really I don't know if we can fairly make that comparison. Well, you could say it was maybe uh an impression or an yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I mean, he did work on the show, so I mean, that's certainly open to uh influences. I mean, yeah, that was yeah. definitely that's the it got him the gig. His work there got yeah. him the gig. Yeah. All right. Well, laying a few meters below the ocean surface, Ahsoka slowly opens her eyes. A cascade of light diffused by the rippling water highlights her floating there. Then Lieutenant Jensu plunges uh, plunges into the water on a tether and swims over to Ahsoka. Grabbing her, uh, she swims the two of them back to the surface where the ghost and Carson uh, Carson Teva's X-Wing have their lights focused down on the water. On the boarding ramp, uh, Lieutenant Lander grabs onto the tether and hauls Ahsoka up out of the water. Carson calls out on the radio that they have her, and Hera tells, uh, tells them to get her inside. Ahsoka comes, uh, comes to on the boarding ramp, but is seemingly deluded as her eyes dart back and forth. She whispers the name of her long dead master before passing out again. Anakin, Anakin. Okay. <laughs> One more argument. Sure. Some of it being in her head or being yeah. more ethereal than, I mean, how do you get more ethereal than the world between worlds? But Luke Skywalker does the same thing the first time he encounters Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ben. ben. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yoda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yoda. After he got uh, got his bell rung by the sand people, right? Yeah, was that or uh, coming, coming out of the Wampa Cave? Yeah, is everybody in Star Wars schizophrenic? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I just had my butt handed to me by an ice monster, I'd want my master too. Yeah, right. Mommy. <laughs> or when you're dangling above a gas giant by one ankle. That's right. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me, Leia? <laughs> That's so true. As the dawn breaks over the henge, Jason and Chopper are still sitting on the edge of the cliff, almost certainly having spent the entire night there during the search. Suddenly, Jason's face beams with a smile as he spots his mother's ship and the three X-Wings on their way back. Standing up, he exclaims, they got her, Chop! And the ghost sets down just behind the ancient stone structure. In the T-6 shuttle, Ahsoka sleeps in the lower bunk just outside the flight deck. The morning sun, having uh, risen just high enough, shoots through the window of the flight deck, waking her from her rest. Oh, the way it lights her, like, oh. it's so good. Like, like, yeah. like, oh, <laughs> there might as well be harps and angels yeah, singing. Right. It's so good. It's crazy. 
opening her eyes, she gets her bearings and then closes them again as she takes a long and deep, peaceful breath. Ahsoka sits up on the edge of the bunk and the ship's interior lights flicker on. Looking around, she realizes that wherever she was with Anakin, she's no longer there. Then Huyang enters and offers her a drink as he welcomes her back. Ahsoka asks how long she was out for, and he tells her one rotation. Um, pretty safe to say now, do we all, can we all agree now that one rotation is one day on the planet you're on? Yeah, whatever so, planet you're I, on. Yeah. I know we, we talked about this before in other, in other shows, and is it a rotation, a, a day, a week, a month? Yeah, I think it's, a, it's a one. Calling it a day. Yeah. One, yeah. one revolution of the one planet spin, you're on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But were it not for Jason, she might have been lost for good. Ahsoka is surprised to learn that Jason is there, and Huyang adds that so is his mother and a squad of X-Wings, none of which was authorized by the New Republic. When Ahsoka asks about Sabine, Huyang says they were hoping that she could answer that, and then hands her one half of the broken star map. Ahsoka has no answers, and she just stares at the cockpit window. Outside in the henge, Jason and Chopper play while Hera looks on. Ahsoka and Huyang exit the shuttle and they walk toward them. When Jason sees Ahsoka, he runs over and wraps her in a big hug. And Ahsoka returns the hug just as much. Kneeling down, she says, I owe you my thanks. And Jason tells her that he could hear her fighting. Ahsoka seems somewhat surprised by this. Jason says he could hear the lightsabers and he asks, who was she fighting with? But before she can offer any kind of explanation, Hera interjects and suggests that Huyang shows Jason around Ahsoka's shuttle. He balks, I've been in a starship before. <laughs> but Ahsoka puts her hands on her hips and retorts, a Jedi starship? Jason's face lights up at the words and Huyang beckons him to come along and see the training room. Like a kid seeing their first fire truck up close, Jason is full of questions. You have a training room? Will you train me? <laughs> Huyang, no. Jason, do you know how to build a lightsaber? Yes. Will you teach me? No. <laughs> so good. It is good. Now that they're alone, Hera asks about Sabine's whereabouts, and Ahsoka holds up the broken map and tells her the last time she saw her, she was holding it. But Ahsoka also thinks that Sabine may have left an impression on the map. So with the broken device in her hands, she walks to the center of the henge, closes her eyes as she reaches out with the force to perform another sense echo. Call that one on the nose too. That's definitely mm -hmm. what she's doing. And as the camera pans around Ahsoka, we can hear the echo of the events leading up to Sabine surrendering the map, including the echo of Balin's skull as he tells Sabine, you will be reunited with your friend. Do it for Ezra. Holding the broken star map close, Ahsoka turns to face Hera and tells her that the enemy has taken Sabine with them. Wide-eyed, Hera nods and says, then she's alive. And they have to go after her. But Ahsoka tells her, it's not that simple. Just then, Carson Teva interrupts them to tell Hera that they have a problem. Part of the Republic fleet is currently on their way to Cetos, and he doesn't think that they're coming to help. Chopper lets out an uh-oh, before Hera turns back to Ahsoka, telling her, I'll deal with this. Uh, you can work out a way to find Sabine. Change my slide here. Almost forgot to change the slide. <laughs> As Hera, Chopper, and Carson head back to the ghost, Ahsoka turns toward the ocean, unsure of what to do next. 
but lifting her head to the sky, she's captivated by the sight and sounds of a pod of Purgle floating peacefully overhead. On the flight deck of the ghost, Hera is embroiled in an awkward discussion with Chancellor Mon Mothma while Captain Teva looks on. Hera starts with, you can't be serious. And the Chancellor responds by asking her if she has Morgan Elizabeth in custody or any evidence of Imperial Remnant activity or of Grand Admiral Thrawn's imminent return. Of so course, I, the an- yeah, go a ahead. tiny beef. What? Doesn't he have the scan? Of the of the Eye of Zion, you would think that they could just hand that over. Hand that over. Not only that, they have the remnants of the star map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few holes there, but regardless, broken star map and this giant hyper ring to go somewhere. I think it's plot armor so that Ahsoka goes alone, though. I mean, even if there is just the you know, hey, the stolen hyperdrive thing that was. from Corellia, like come on there's enough to go after these people i just fought two dark jedi where where is <laughs> can you just say that like <laughs> you're awfully quiet i think it's less about mon mothman it's more but it's kind of no, off camera it totally stuff. is it totally is that whole interaction between um hamada uh um um senator uh um, senator dink yeah. ziono 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 having it out for her I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's, she's just one member of the committee. And even though she's the Supreme uh, Chancellor, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it's a democracy. So that's hence the, I've done everything I can do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the best thing that could probably happen is for her to get kicked out of the Alliance. Like with, maybe I was actually waiting for her to say, I'll just, I life. just resign. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. I quit. <laughs> you can I, have my star. Whatever. It's mine. <laughs> yeah. It's my ship. It was mine before I ever joined yeah. up. I bet you 20 Phoenix members come with me. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Well, of course, the answer to all three of the questions is no. And with that, there is nothing more that Mon Mothma can do to stave off the rest of the oversight committee. And she orders both Hera and Ahsoka to return to Coruscant with the fleet. Now, I asked way back when, when we saw the, the first fleet shot, where were they? Were they orbiting Coruscant? And we thought maybe it was... uh, Chandrilla. Chandrilla, so maybe it was Coruscant. I don't know. Well, maybe, but like, do they do they really have the authority to order Ahsoka back? Maybe they have the. Authority I to, didn't think that like, they had that authority either. Other than like, your government wants to talk to you. Like moral authority, like guys in suits show up with sunglasses and earpieces and say, "Get in the car." <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> say no. Mind Good you, guy meeting right now. If you're, <laughs> yeah, two lightsabers. I was gonna say, if you're a Jedi or a Force user, maybe you go. I don't think so. You know, like there's this guy Luke Skywalker you could talk to. <laughs> That's right. He'll tell you to stop it. Well, Hera suggests that Ahsoka will not agree to that, and she's not even sure if she agrees with it. But Mon Mothma drops the bomb that the Oversight Committee is going to sit and determine if her command should be permanently suspended and that she's going to need Ahsoka's testimony to help her case. Mon Mothma apologizes, and then her hologram winks out. Turning to Carson, Harris says, I don't know how you score this, but right now we're losing. Then the door to the flight deck slides open, and Ahsoka walks in. With a sly smile, she tells them, I know how to follow Sabine. Later on, the entire flotilla of uh, ships uh, lifts off from the henge and heads out over the ocean. As they gain altitude, the T-6 and the Ghost peel away from Carson and his X-Wings. The flight On the flight deck of the Ghost, Hera radios that she's not sure she likes this plan. And uh, to, uh, in the T-6, Hu Yang agrees with her, 
But Ahsoka, who's now dressed in her white attire from the prologue, the Rebels prologue, says there is no other way. That without the map, they don't have the proper hyperspace coordinates. And as the T-6 and the Ghost weave their way through the clouds, Hera retorts, and you think they do? Of course, there's only one way to find out. And a few seconds later, Ahsoka sits up in her seat as she sees what they're looking for as a pod of Purgle emerges from the clouds directly in front of them. And before you know it, the two ships are in the thick of them. Uh, and in this scene alone, just a quick count, uh, I count at least 20 animals here. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we see them later on leaving the planet, it's like 30 plus. So this is like so a still huge, you don't see it's a huge pod. Yeah. Yeah. sorry i had to had to put that one in there from the clouds out swims a purgle easily twice as uh twice as big as the others huyang suggests that uh it is one of the larger animals and soka agrees with him adding that'll do um now the wikipedia uh the canon entry for purgle lists uh purgle but it also talks about what they call the purgle ultra which are twice as big as the others uh, presumably that's what we are looking at here. This is the, mm-hmm. the ultra and that's what I'll be referring it to as we go forward. Um, but you do get a sense of scope when you yeah. see it this way. Like the, the T six is literally a speck. They're plankton <laughs> space krill. <laughs> Microscopic life forms to them. Yeah, seriously. As the T6 sits in a hover somewhere in the middle of the pod, Ahsoka gets up from her seat and exits the ship onto its flat fin-like wing. With her cloak billowing, she walks uh, to the edge of the wing and she looks around as the whales uh, swim to and fro. Then looking down, her gaze is met by the ascending form of the Ultra as it rises just a few feet in front of her. Jason and Hera stare in amazement at what's taking place. Carson radios in to inform Hera that the fleet has arrived, but Hera tells them not to let them interrupt because if they do, it could frighten the pod. He asks how much time they need, and Hera tells him that she doesn't know, just keep them away. High above CETOS, three New Republic ships drop out of hyperspace and move towards the planet, while Carson and his X-Wings fly out to intercept them. Cutting across the bow of the lead ship, Carson tries to stall them, This is Captain Carson Teva out of Adelphi base. Please identify yourself. The captain of the lead vessel remarks that Carson is far from home, but Carson keeps trying to game her. Uh, Repeat, please identify yourself. She tells them that he knows very well who they are and why they're here, and she demands to know where General Sindula is. Carson's not done yet as he tells the lead ship that uh, Hera's mission is classified, (laughs) And until he can confirm that she's completed it, the New Republic ships will have to halt their approach to the planet. Growing tired of the ruse, the captain tells him that they're here because there was no mission. Carson bobbles his head for a second as he tries to come up with something else to say. I respectfully disagree. The ship captain, trying to appeal to his sense of reason, reminds him that they're all on the same side here. And if he tells her what Hera and Ahsoka are up to, maybe they can help. Weird way of showing it by sending a friggin' armada. <laughs> three, <laughs> three, uh, these MC thirties. Um, and you know, I couldn't, I couldn't give you numbers, but for sure the flight decks as they go by are full of fighters. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there, there is a force here to be reckoned with. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's an awful lot for two ships. Yeah. Well, one of them has Ahsoka. <laughs> That's true. And yeah, one, one gun. 
Yeah. Well, we've seen two two dark Jedi just go go ramshot on an entire ship. It's possible. Like they're just. That's like, true. Uh, That's true. We're going after John Rambo. You're going to need a lot of body. Uh, running out of uh, BS to feed the captain, Carson tells her the best way that she can help is to maintain distance from the planet until he can confirm that Hera has completed the mission. Tired of the games, the ship captain orders a tractor beam to be powered up. Then getting out of her command chair, she orders Carson to tell her the exact nature of this mission. Otherwise, she will have him stripped of his rank for refusing a direct order from fleet command. Shaking his head, Carson resolves to tell her the truth, but he adds, you're not going to believe me. <laughs> He's so good at that. He's just, yeah. From the, oh, I guess so. That's the way it is to, well, you're not going to believe me. <laughs> He's like the everyman. Like if you yeah. were, if the three, if oh, any one of us was like, we're joining the, they're going to make us a pilot. That's who we would be. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> On the ghost, Jason asks his mother if Ahsoka is really going to talk to the whales. And she says, that's the idea. And Jason says, well, it's just like the stories that she used to tell him about how the whales took Ezra and the bad guys far, far away. She tells her son, the whales saved them. Looking back out the window, Jason asks, and now they'll take Ahsoka to where Ezra is? And she tells him that's what they hope will happen. Um, not lost on me, the far, far away. Mm -hmm. Wink, wink. From the wing of the T6, uh, Ahsoka closes her eyes and she reaches out in silent communication with the Ultra. A long, wide shot shows us the enormous eye of the creature as it turns to look at Ahsoka standing there. Then it slowly opens its mouth agape, revealing two rows of baleen plates and a gargantuan tongue. In fact, the descriptive audio says, a tongue the size of an island. <laughs> <laughs> Hu Yang, who's been steadfastly monitoring the ship's controls, is startled by a knock at the cockpit window. It's Ahsoka, and she smiles as she tells him, get in there. Pointing at the whale's mouth, she adds, move us in. All right, he says, but you'd better come back inside. Ahsoka takes her seat as Hu Yang maneuvers the ship inside the mouth of the whale. As the giant maw closes around them, he asks, you're certain they know where Sabine was taken? With a smile, she tells him that she's got no idea, but they'll just have to see where it goes. Hu Yang remarks it could go anywhere. Folding her arms and leaning back in her seat, Ahsoka says, I know, but it's better than going nowhere. Do we mention the parallels between the Purgle scene and the one we got from Tales from the Jedi? Uh, sure. The little baby Ahsoka. Oh yeah, yeah. The, Touching uh, the uh, the saber, the saber tooth cat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, uh, communicating with them. Yeah. So it's nothing new. Where am I at here? Oh, there we are. Um, on board the New Republic ship, Captain Gerard. That's her name, by the way. Captain Gerard listens as uh, Carson repeats himself. Correct. The whales will transport her and her ship. Or at least that's the plan. A communications officer pipes up that uh, he's receiving a signal from the ghost. Then Hera's voice breaks the static. Captain Gerard, this is General Sindula. I'd move your fleet out of there if I were you. <laughs> the captain's eyes grow wide as she sees the entire pod of Purgle, led by the Ultra, swimming towards them. She calls for evasive maneuvers, but the whales are moving fast and her ships are enveloped by the pod as they swim past. 
The three X-Wing pilots are awestruck as the whales fly by. Uh, Captain Gerard, by the way, that's uh, actress Elsa Davis. Uh, she is uh, an actress, uh, singer, and songwriter. Uh, she's been in numerous stage and uh, film productions. Now, her longest running uh, uh, role was uh, playing Addie Pickett on the series Heart of Dixie, but you might recognize her as uh, Cynthia Driscoll on House of Cards. We have our weapons officer, uh, the the woman that was ordered to ready the tractor beam. Uh, that's uh, she's credited with the vaunted role of weapons officer. She doesn't have a name. <laughs> that's uh, Gina Vittori, a veteran uh, television actress since uh, 2014. She's played several uh, one-off roles, but if you're a fan of uh, B movies, you might have recognized her as uh, Alabama Channing, the uh, protagonist of the 2018 Tomb Raider knockoff movie tomb invader nice <laughs> and our uh, communications officer that's uh, anthony uh, natarile uh, i hope i said that right natarile a relatively unknown uh, having appeared in a handful of shorts and a few one-off uh, tv roles uh, his longest gi uh, gig was uh, four episodes of the uh, 2018 reimagined web series the facts of life where he played uh, mike i did not know mm -hmm. they did that it was a web series. I don't think many of us knew. I didn't know. He was 2D. <laughs> <laughs> uh, four episodes of that, though. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's all of our uh, guest appearances this week. Cool. Uh, minus the ones that were already in last week's episode. Or them, they get so overshadowed by everything else that's going on. Their one speaking line. Yeah. Yes, Captain. I did. I missed that comment. Facebook user. They don't have a ship that can get them there. No. No, that's they true. That's true. That's why they need the purgle. They do need the purgle. Unless they want to, you know, go back to the... I have to admit, bird. I have to admit, um, the mouth thing. Can we back that up for a second? Let's back that up. Um, hanging out in the mouth. I didn't see that one coming. I thought it was going to be more akin to they just the tentacles the grabbing the ships a la Thrawn's... Like, so those tentacles show. probably couldn't grab something that small, eh? Well, but they, yeah. even one of the regular purgles... Maybe. could have grabbed them you know what i mean like i appreciate the visual that we got i think that's yeah. fantastic and that's it's what did i say this week oh uh, uh jonah in the belly of the whale mm. <laughs> ahsoka in the belly like, of the whale to make that big jump she's got to pick the big burgle i i guess but are they <laughs> there's are they always all going? a bigger burgle <laughs> i get the impression that the whole pod is going that yeah the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah the ultra is just sort of the like in a in a pack of elephants the 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 bowl the leader even at the last second i thought hair was going to get sucked up in the jump i kind of wondered that as well yeah. all right so as the pod passes the fleet uh, they slowly begin to fan out their tentacles as uh, pulsating blue energy ripples down the length of them hera in the ghost still running parallel with the ultra radios to ahsoka to tell her that it looks like they're about to jump ahsoka says uh, she's sorry that hera can't make the trip but she shrugs it off with a smile as she replies that's all right Jason's too young to travel between galaxies. Mm -hmm. Ahsoka promises to find them. And Hera nods as she replies, may the force be with you. Inside the mouth of the whale, Ahsoka and Huyang are bathed in light as the Ultra leaps into hyperspace, leaving us staring at a spiraling starfield. And then we cut to black. And that is uh, mm -hmm. Shadow Warrior, episode five of... Uh, the Ahsoka show. So good. Oh. Holy cow. Um, 
Now, as big as that was on TV, could you imagine being in the audience for one this of the is, theater viewings? Man, I oh. I haven't seen any comments from anybody who's seen it theatrically, but like I predicted, we said, okay, it's got to be something big if they're putting it in, in theaters. Yeah. Even if it is just a limited, was what, 10 theaters across something the U.S. Like that, or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could you imagine? I would have loved to have seen that theatrically. I'd have went to the theater, watched it, would have went home, watched it again. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Crashed my car watching it on my phone on the way home. <laughs> All right. The biggest question, or one of the biggest questions that has come out of uh, each week, when are we going to see Thrawn? Oh, next week, guaranteed. I think so. This coming Tuesday. Unless we do something with the sun, but. This coming Tuesday. Uh, you know what? You're probably probably right you are probably right now um before we uh wrap things up let me just uh what am i doing here that's not what i want to do i don't know we'll just go back to that one uh change things up over here do, 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 do. there we go there we are <laughs> what did we think of that one uh now that we're through it oh, so good best so episode good. ever best of, episode ever of, yeah of all the star wars tv that's been yet of all star wars television. in my opinion that's a really tall, tall one to fill. I don't yeah. know. I'd have to go I back mean, and revisit season two, episode three of droids was pretty spectacular. <laughs> you know, I, I will say this as a, as a complete episode, you might be right. Is it the best moment? Cause like the star Wars TV has only made me cry one time mm. and it wasn't this episode. No. So I, I say I've cried a few times. times. Oh, really? Yeah. I've cried a few softy. times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Of course we're all almost like um, you know we're almost all 50 I, mean, I, I i honestly probably cried more at um the clone wars uh finale oh yeah than i did yeah, yeah, that's super the, emotional luke skywalker it was a different kind of crying for luke of skywalker. course of course it yeah. is yeah 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 this was stem to stern this was like i don't even know if, if the last episode like was the empire strikes back this was return to the jedi in every single way like yeah 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 yeah. Right. for sure it was for yeah. sure um uh, i'm excited for next week i can't uh, believe how you're gonna top that like how, i don't you, know like, what are you doing know. that where you go i'm gonna put a theater quality episode out three quarters of the way through the season this could have easily <laughs> been the season finale agreed totally agreed Jesus. if you'd have left it there okay we're gonna give you this ahsoka the the episodes up till now the first five episodes with the right cut that's a film yeah. oh easy that's a feature film easy right and then whatever the next three are <laughs> Doug. <laughs> I appreciate the enthusiasm. Uh, this was a fantastic episode. Um, we'll be back next week. I just want to remind everybody uh, to don't forget on uh, October 3rd, we are going to do a live streaming watch party. We are going to uh, watch the show uh, together. We hope that uh, at least for those of you who are hanging out with us tonight, come back and hang out with us on Tuesday night. Uh, I guess we're going to forego random that night. That I believe so. Just I think that's probably, for that is probably the right, right. thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> Hank stands up and swears a lot when he watches Star Wars. So <laughs> Just remember to wear pants. Remember to wear pants. All right. So don't forget that we are going to be doing that. Uh, Andy and I at least will be back uh, Tuesday. Tuesday for the regular installment of Random Fandom Tuesdays. And it's it's a shame that it has to wait till then because I don't have the slides for us yet. But oh, uh, new sideshow did announce a new Hot Toys Ahsoka based on her teenage years. Oh, that's mm -hmm. yes. Okay, I think I saw that, and it's based on 
Is it not Ariana's likeness? I believe yeah, so. That's what I yeah, thought as well. Cool. That is excellent. I'm I I want to make that jump so bad, actually. <laughs> more and more I think about yeah, it. So like, tempting to switch into it hot is. toys. It really is. Come back on Tuesday and we'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Tuesday's not your thing, uh, don't forget next Sunday we're back with uh we'll be back with Ahsoka part, uh, part six. six. The as yet yeah. unnamed. The uh untitled that we don't know what it is. Don't know what the runtime's gonna be. Uh Thrawn is the I've big one. For me. It's about 46 minutes. Okay, so right in the middle, uh, concur uh, consistent with uh, like a, sh- a, sh- a runtime, like whether yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's good. That's, that's mm. a long one too. Um any more for any more before we wrap it up? Not that I got. Oh, so good. Well, listen, uh, while I'm here, guys, just want a uh, big shout out to everybody who's discovered us in the last few weeks. Um, we've had a little bit, I wouldn't call it a surge, but we, the numbers keep trickling in on our YouTube channel where we've just crossed 400. Oh, that's uh, cool. We're at 409. So uh, I would ask if you have like-minded friends that you think would enjoy what we're doing here, have them uh, take a look at what we're doing. Maybe a, a sub here and there wouldn't hurt, but definitely we appreciate it. It helps mm-hmm. us grow the channel. And of course, you know, we're fans of stuff and we want to reach as many fans of stuff as we can. Mm-hmm. So any help would be appreciated as we enter the drive to five, drive to mm-hmm. five. Yeah. yeah. Come watch our beard slap. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all I've got though, guys. Yeah, man. There may or all may right. not be new t-shirts up that are on limited mail. Oh, nice. Ooh. Oh, because they're new designs. Of course, they'll be on sale. Yeah. All right. You can always, yeah, check out the merch shop. It's uh, the uh, link is in this. Uh, it's in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everybody. Hope you had a great time. As much fun as I had this week. Uh, super, super stoked about putting this one together. I had a great time. Hopefully, we'll all get back together again next week and do it all over again. But until then, everybody, for Fan Power, my name is Wes. I'm Andy. And I'm Hank. And we will see you on the next one, everybody. And bye for now. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms.